Welcome to episode 219 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here, and this week, Dusty Grant's making his debut on our podcast. Finally. Finally. Yeah, we've been saying, we're going to do it, we're going to do it, and we just talked about it and never made it happen, but finally, we made it happen recently, so here we are. Dusty Grant will be coming up here shortly, but first we need to let you know, we're sponsored by MedFarm and DEB Concerts. MedFarm is a dispensary located at 24683 East Highway 51 in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. They have a huge selection, and if you get in there any Friday or Saturday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., they have a doctor on site if you need to get a card. If you already have a card, just go in there and tell them that Thunder Underground sent you, and they'll give you 10% off your order, which is very cool. Also, 30% of their profits go to help build no-kill animal shelters, which is even cooler. There you go. Yeah, so a huge shout-out to them for that. And also follow them on Facebook at MedFarm. That's P-H-A-R-M. They're always doing contests and giveaways, running specials, where if you come in at certain times, you get discounts, all that kind of stuff. So you need to follow them. Also follow them on Instagram at MedFarmOK. And get in there and support these guys. Also, DEB Concerts. Keeps bringing some rock and roll to Tulsa. We're really happy about it. And recently, just this past week, they brought Snoop Dogg and Nelly, which is a big thing because they brought it to the BOK Center. So very cool to see DEB Concerts making the arena game happen now, too. So we'll see what happens with that in the future. But they've also brought acts like Saxon, Tom Kiefer, Sebastian Bach, Warrant. A huge long list out there to the ideal ballroom. And there'll be more announcements on that coming soon. But in the meantime, one thing we know for sure is Rocklahoma is May 23rd through 26th. And DB Concerts booked the acts for the DB processing stage. This is their third year sponsoring that stage. And this year, the pre party will kick off with Slaughter headlining that stage. And we just recently had Mark Slaughter on this podcast a couple episodes ago. Damn right. And that day will also feature the KISS tribute band Strutter. The other three nights will feature Ace Freely headlining, Lita Ford headlining, and Bisto Blanco headlining. Which, he will probably be on this podcast soon. You never know. I'm saying, I'm just saying probably because it's supposed to happen very shortly. But we're recording this thing three weeks in advance, so if it doesn't happen... Sue me. What are you going to do? It's our podcast. Oh, so, look at that. Yeah. You're just you're just <laughs> spilling just, <laughs> spilling all the details, all the secrets, right. letting everybody know. I figured if we didn't announce it now, no one would know for a month, you know? <clears throat> yeah, true. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Chuck Garrick, Bisto Blanco, even if some something tragic happens and he's not on this podcast, he will still be at Rock Loma. They are a kick-ass live band, so check that out. Other bands out there. Zen Hipster, Jason's band right here. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, the Normandies, Grind, First Strike, Driver, Down for Five, Dead Metal Society, Rocket Science, Poster Child, Doxy, The Midnight Devils, um, Charlie Bonnet, and the Falcon Gas Holes. I love that. And many more. So, yeah, get out there. Ratchet Dolls. Two things. I have two things. Okay. I mean, since you just, you know, 
let the cat out of the bag that we're recording these in advance, what, whatever. But we did that last week, too. Uh, we did? Yeah. Now, you, were, you know, uh, again... You had a few beers y- on You one. did that, and I was against it. Whatever, Trent. No, that was your idea last uh, time. I have no idea what you're talking My about. My idea this time. Fuck you. I think okay. we're even now. Okay, fine. Well, in any case... <laughs> Well, we're even. My my apologies. What you could have done, because I'm pretty sure we got to do a few intros today. Yeah. You could have just waited till we did an intro after the interview, so you knew for sure. Right. You know, but who knows? Whatever. I don't know. And second of all, uh, I want to give a shout out to Surviving Rocklahoma Facebook page and Adam from that page. Uh he played uh, Zen Hipster last night. Um, you mean he played Zen Hipster three weeks ago? Or well, uh, that's what I'm just saying. But okay. like I said, well, no, what I meant is you, you let the cat out of the bag. So right. I got we're you. already recording. So I just said, hey, he played us, and you know, if you guys saw that, that was awesome. He also talked up um, us, Thunder Underground, and he talked up the benefit for the Bachelor that uh, you know. That is to happen or about to happen. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, in any case, just, you know, much appreciation. Thank you for the exposure and getting the word out. Yes, yeah, Surviving Rocklahoma every Sunday night, live on Facebook. Yes. So get on their follow their page. And he should have us on there sometime. That's true. He mentioned, yeah. we talked about it last year, well, but then know. it didn't make it happen before, you know, the Rocklahoma season kind of died yeah. out after the show. Yeah. So... Yeah, we've got a couple months to. Yeah, well, uh, we can't anytime soon because you got to go and be a fucking uh, concert festival badass traveler type kind of person. So whatever, <laughs> right? I see how it is. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see if we can make that happen in May or June. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> good. Good. That kind of covers everything, right? Yeah, I think that so. we can talk about because we don't know what's. New in the world of rock in April. We don't know. You never know. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. Fucking, uh, they could have announced the. Uh, Dave, Dave Mustaine might sprain his ass at a concert or something. <laughs> right. You just never know what's going to happen. By now, they could have announced several more big four shows, one of which was in Tulsa, Oklahoma in September of this year. Yeah. God, God I wish that'll never happen. <laughs> I know. But what we do know. Is that Dusty Grant and Sprout the Antihero are going on the second Booze, Bars, and Guitars tour. Yes. That kicks off this June, actually June 6th, and runs through June 16th, I believe. Or 15th, sorry. And they're hitting cities like Denver, Colorado Colorado Springs, uh, Midland, Wichita, Norman, Tulsa. And a couple more in there as well. But yeah. All points in between. Yeah. So look out for that. But in the meantime, both of them are playing shows as well. Dusty's got a bunch of dates coming up. I know in Wichita and Omaha and, you know, a few other cities. So get on Facebook and follow Dusty Grant. That way you won't miss what's coming up. Definitely. But yeah, we've, like we mentioned right at the gate, we've talked about this for quite a while. We got to know Dusty Grant after... The the first Booze Bars and Guitars tour, because I went on that tour with the two of them and got to know Dest- Dusty pretty good. And that was last June. And since then, we, you know, you met him during that tour and we yeah. got to know him. We played his song several times since and we kept saying we're going to make this happen. And, you know, here we are almost a year later, but 
better late than never, right? That's right. We got it. Um, yeah. Great to have Dusty on. Uh, you know, what he's doing right now is really cool. Um, it's some good, <clears throat> you know, atmospheric uh, acoustic stuff. Yet there's still a groove and there's still some uh, still some weight to it. So, um, yeah, we finally made it happen. Yeah, and it's it's cool when you hear acoustic stuff that really lends to the rock crowd, you know. Of course. You know, people that like, you know, because he comes from a metal background, so people that like rock or metal would hear this and like it because it's still got that, that feeling to it, mm-hmm. I guess the best way to put it. So, let's just get into this here. Here's Dusty Grant. The only thing you'd risk with me is you'll hear you'll hear ba- a baby scream and then I'll just it'll just go mute. I'll have to run and save the day. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm 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 hopefully secluded away from the the animals here, so we should be fine. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, glad we're finally doing this because we've been talking about this basically since that tour last year that we needed to get you on here. So. Better late than never. I yeah, guess. yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm stoked, man. It's amazing how uh, it's amazing how quickly the year has gone by. It seems like it seems like I was just finishing stuff up, and I'm like, man, I got a long time to play shows, and right now I'm right in the thick of it, just getting started. So it's just, uh, yeah, man, time is flying by, flown by since that tour, and then it looks like we're going to be doing that again as well. Yeah, yeah. It looks like you've got a ton of dates lined up. Even, you know, outside of that tour, right? Like in March, April, May? Yeah, yeah. Everything everything kind of picks up for me uh, right now. I've got I've got one in Wichita this Friday, and then I go to El Dorado, Kansas on Saturday. And then I play with Whiskey Dick here in Wichita on April 3rd. Um, and then, man, after that I go Omaha, Junction City, Kansas, and then we hit the, hit the tour where, of course, we're hitting, you know, eight dates and 10 days and four different states. And then I got a bunch of stuff starting to land after that as well. So it looks like I booked another Tulsa day today uh, for later in the summer after the tour. And yeah, just starting to starting to kind of pick up a little bit. So everything's getting a little bit crazier. Nice. So like, which is good. What are your, like, ideally, what do you want like to do? Do you want like, do you have a set number of shows you want to do in a year or have you thought about it that way? Uh, last year, I last year I definitely thought about it. I was counting as I was going, and then as I kind of paced things and looked at my schedule on what I could actually do, I was like, if I can if I can hit forty dates this year, uh, that'll be that'll be a huge step for me in my first year gigging. You know, I I haven't been out at all before last year. Really, I played a couple shows the year before as kind of warm ups, but. So yeah, I, I played. I wanted to play four. I had booked like nineteen or twenty for the first half of the year, and I'm like, it's a realistic goal for me to set to say I could do forty before the end of the year. So then uh, I just kind of got on the grind on the booking side of things and and got it done. I ended up playing forty last year, and so far I think I've got twenty one booked this year. But there's a couple that I 
you know, a couple things that I've passed on too. You know, there's there was a couple things I took last year that I was, you know, I I wasn't super stoked about taking it. You know, I didn't I didn't get a chance to play for anybody, or you know, didn't it wasn't the kind of audience where I could actually you know convert someone into a listener, or you know, you know, make a contact or whatever it is, or any friends or anything. It was like I just showed up. I was I was background noise, and then I left, and they paid me, and that was it. You know, there's like nobody there actually sitting listening to music. Yeah. So I've been kind of trying to steer away. I've been trying to steer away from some of those this year. So uh, I'm kind of trying to focus on quality over quantity. But this year, it seems like the quantity that I'm getting is quality. So it seems like the you know the quality of shows that I'm getting is is improved a little bit. So I can take more of them if that continues to happen. It's a lot easier to it's a lot easier to get out of town when you're not just deadheading on a Sunday night having no idea what it's going to be. And I did I did some of that last year and. It just it didn't it didn't pay off. It didn't pay off financially. I don't think it paid off for the venue. It doesn't pay off for my me being gone from my family and coming back with nothing, you know that kind of thing. So it's just it, I've just been I've been a little more selective this year, but so far it hasn't really hasn't really hindered me. It feels like everything's been going pretty good. So I'm, I'm fortunate to have what I've got booked so far. So doing all these shows, like forty shows. I mean, what have you learned about? your songs or even your voice, uh, that, you know, you didn't know before you started all this. The, the songs I've learned, man, no matter how many time I put, no matter how many times I play through some of these songs, even, even the first, the very first songs I wrote on the acoustic when I first picked it up, which I'm still kind of incorporating into my set, you know, because those songs are still new you know, relatively new. There's a lot of people that haven't heard them, but I've just heard no, no matter how many times I think I play through them. If I let myself slack on the rehearsal and getting the actual reps of playing the song, there's a difference between being good on the guitar and, and have your voice good. And then there's a, then there's, then there's being show good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I have, I can't just sit around on my deck, you know, and watch the boys run around and loaf and kind of pick on my guitar and, and chill and just relax and kind of play my stuff and then show up to a show and expect that I'm just going to kill it. Cause usually what happens is I get up there, I sound check, I start playing through the first song and I realize how unprepared I was. And it's like this confidence, this confidence killer. So I've tried to, I've tried to be a little more diligent of getting, you know, getting show ready. So if people do actually come see me that they're, you know, they're not going to catch me on a night where it's a, it's a dud. I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep it more consistent. I've learned though it's just it's it's a it's a grind, man. The, my voice has held up really well because I mostly did metal before, so I was screaming and doing all that stuff. So compared to that, this stuff is more challenging, maybe pitch wise and remembering lyrics and doing stuff, playing guitar and all that type of stuff. But as far as the actual physical aspect of it you know the screaming is pretty brutal and then you're you're running around on stage jumping all over the place going crazy and screaming and this is just a completely different animal like you've got to be collected and i i really learned last year too that i got to take a little better care of myself i have to drink some water i gotta mix a freaking piece of fruit in every once in a while gotta try to get to bed you know (laughs) just gotta do some stretches gotta incorporate some warm-ups and stuff like that because for most there's guys out there playing 200 shows a year and they're saying, man, this guy only plays 40. That's nothing. But, you know, in comparison to them playing shows, it's nothing. But, you know, I, I still work full time and do all that type of stuff too. So uh, doing what I'm doing is, is pretty, it's a, it's a grind. That's for sure. 
you kind of alluded to it, but just kind of talk about the transition from being in a band to being up on the stage by yourself. Like, is it was it really intimidating just kind of being there with no one else to kind of, you know, take the oh yeah the cushion there with you or whatever? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's terrifying. I'm a completely different person <laughs> playing solo. I have nowhere I have nowhere to hide from anything. When you're up there, it's like. I don't have a, I don't even have a pedal. I don't even have effects pedals, nothing, man. I have my guitar and a tuner and a mic and that's it. So there's really nowhere to hide. If you're not on, you know, anybody that knows music at all is going to hear it immediately. And it's, it's just terrifying. I can remember being like, when we would play shows in the metal bands and stuff, I, I can remember just being like so amped. You know, I'm just going to get out there and slay. I mean, I'm, I just want to, I just want to get the mic and go crazy. And I wasn't playing guitar or anything either. So you're you're putting on a big, you're moving around a lot. You're trying to put on a show and get the crowd into it and all that type of stuff too. And when you're playing solo acoustic, <laughs> there's not as much of that going on, you know. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a it's a major difference. Now I'm more focused on okay, are you going to hit the bridge when you sing this lyric? We need to switch to this chord, you know. <laughs> uh, do you have the lyrics memorized for this new one you wrote, this cover that you're playing? Remember that one part that's tricky. Like I'm thinking of like little checklists of stuff that come through my set that I need to be focused on and the stuff that I've practiced and tried to clean up. And, and it's just, it's a completely different animal, man. It, it's, uh, it's, I would call it way more terrifying than playing in a metal band. Just, I mean, it's, and, and I think that's part of the reason I like it because it's a test. It's a test of your chops and your and your you know courage. You know how bad do you want to do it? Because I've had shows where I wanted to be up there for about a minute and I wanted to run away. I had to sit up there for forty five minutes and gut it out. And it's like you you learn a lot about yourself as a musician and as a person when you do that kind of stuff. You know, and that's part of the reason I think I like the solo thing so much is because it's such a it's just such a test all the time. What was it that pushed you into doing that after? you decided to to be solo i mean what what gave you that the passion to just make it you and an acoustic guitar well i was i was playing in bands with guys i was good friends with but at the same time i have a i have a family and i have a schedule and then schedules don't really meet up or whatever um and guys can't practice at the right time and we had a bunch of turnover with bass players it seemed like every week we were training a new bass player we could never write anything new because we were, we were gigging so much and we were spending all our time trying to get the bass players gig ready, you know? And I just got tired of it and we kind of got in a rut. I was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to take a break from this for a while. So I took a break from it. I joined another band that was like a studio project called Borgia. We released one single and it just wasn't working out. It was too much time and it was this and that. Like, you know, I'm just going to pick up this freaking acoustic and write a couple tunes and post something on Facebook. And if anyone likes it, I'm just going to go that direction because I, I can manage it. I can control my own destiny a little bit more. You know, I can work it around my schedule and I can still stay busy. And all the work that I put in, it's going to come back to me directly. Whereas opposed to when you're in a band, you might do a bunch of the work and the other guys that haven't done much might point it out. And then after they watch you do all the work, they want to be critical of your work. And then you get pissed and it's like <laughs> the drama, man. I, so I got a little bit sick of the drama too. 
and now you know all the work that I put into, I get I get back out of it directly. And that's not to say that it's easy by any stretch of the imagination. There's some major disadvantages to being solo, but so far I've liked it just because I can work at my speed. I don't have to answer to anybody. It's not a democracy. It's just me doing how I want to do it, what I want, when I want, and and you know putting stuff out there that represents me, and just keep trying to test myself and and just grind and push forward. That's kind of what it's all about for me now. Well, you know, having said all that, I mean, is there anything that would you know compel you to to try out a band situation again, or do do you still want to? Oh, do absolutely. You, do yeah. you still want to do heavy stuff? Yeah, oh yeah. I I mean, I I'm a metalhead at heart. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, my tastes have changed a little as I get older, but I I'm definitely a metalhead at heart. I I really miss that. I really miss that going up on stage with guys and jamming and you get in a groove and the crowd's feeling it. And when you're playing heavy shit, there's just there's just nothing quite like being at a metal show, especially when it's a good crowd and it's the band's playing. It's like there's just nothing like that. You know, it's just so awesome to do and especially when you're playing it and the crowd's into it and you're doing all that stuff, it's like it's a different kind of uh it's a different kind of release. I would certainly be open to it. It would just have to be the right situation, you know. Guys that I, guys that I knew and had a lot of faith in, or you know, a professional situation where it was like, hey, this is what we want to do. There's a there's a plan lined out. I just I can't go through the, you know, way the old school way of like putting up flyers, putting a band together, trying people out over and over and over. People lying to you about their abilities. And then they show up and they waste your time. I'm just, it's, I'm getting to the point where I'm a little older now. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to waste my fucking time with that shit anymore. You know what I mean? Some guy, some guy over, <laughs> some guy over email tells me he can play like, you know, Mark Morton. And then he gets there and, you know, the other guitar player is like, all right, this is what we're playing. And the guy's, the guy's completely lost. Like it's never picked up the guitar in his life. It's like, all right, well, you just wasted our fucking day here. You know, like, <laughs> There's a lot. There, there's a lot of guys out there that, <laughs> that lie about their abilities, you know. I, I, and it's it's so it's so it's so prevalent in the it's so prevalent in the music scene as as, as anywhere else. It's like, man, you're gonna eventually have to prove all the shit you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're gonna have to show up with some good guitar players, and they're gonna say, "Hey, man, we're playing a sweep arpeggio, and you know, in A." here's what it's going to be. And the guy's like, what, you know, right away, he's, you know, he's out of his element, but you spent a whole week talking to the guy, screening the guy, you get the jam space set up, you cancel your normal rehearsals, you bring a guy in, you're like, all right, we're going to have someone to jam with today. And, you know, kind of put him through the ringer and two, two notes into it. They're freaking kicked out of the jam spot. You know, (laughs) (laughs) it's 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 part of the reason I learned to play drums. We were my, the, the band last band I was in, we were looking for a drummer for so long that I actually, while we were looking, I learned how to play drums. Wow. And then when we were, and then when we were auditioning people that were like, Hey, if you can't play drums better than our singer, you're not our drummer. <laughs> <laughs> and so we would like show them the songs and I'd play it and like, can you play that? And the guy would be like, I don't think I can play that. We're like, well then you're out. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> and it just got so frustrating with members, man. That's, it's a, that's a huge reason I'm solo. But yeah, 
super long-winded on that one, but yeah, I would definitely <laughs> consider if the if the right project came about for sure. Cool. Well, speaking of projects, you finally got the the Trapped Here EP out just recently. Talk about how that feels to finally get that out to the world as a as a piece of music. Man, it feels uh, it feels amazing, man. I when I first started to play solo, that was a big goal of mine. I wanted to play a bunch of shows. I wanted to tour. Those were two big things that I really wanted to do. But then the other thing was I want to release an album. You know, I don't want to just record a couple singles on my cell phone and put them out. Like I want to go in and work with a producer and I want to go in and getting really test myself and, and put my best foot forward and, you know, go in there and get it right. Um, so th this one, this one took a while, you know, I learned a lot about myself while I was recording this stuff and the stuff I had recorded previously to this, obviously, but I learned a lot about, you know, the production side of it, the dynamics, songwriting, my abilities, things I need to be working on, things I need to focus on, things I need to showcase, things I need to get away from. So there's a lot of that in this, um, the, you know, the, as far as the lyrical content, it's all really real. I think anybody that listens to it can can identify with it in, in some part of their life or whatever. It's, it's a pretty dark record. Um, and it, I, I really feel like right now it's the best representation of me that I, that I could have put out. Um, so that feels really good. I don't, I don't go back and listen through it and go, man, I wish I would have fixed that, you know, or man, there's something in there. I should have changed that. Or I should have rewritten that part or should have done something different there or whatever. I listen to this and I, and I don't have any of that. And, and for me personally, regardless of how it does or how many copies I sell or streams I get, no matter what happens, I'll always have it. And I'll always be able to go, hey, that's a record that I wrote, that I put together, that I did, I put the work in, and I, and I recorded it. And it just, it just makes me really proud to have it out there. Um, you know, it seems like a few people seem to be digging it. You know, it's, it's hard at my level to get it out on like this mass, you know, this mass scale or anything. But the people that have heard it seem to like it. And, and you know, so far that's all I can ask for. Now I got to go out and play a bunch of shows and push it get people listening you know recorded this with chris dawson and he's worked with you on some of your previous singles what's the experience like working with him uh it's incredible you you uh you definitely can't go in there you definitely can't go in there with no lead in your pencil you know when you're when you get in there you you better be ready to work and you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to take any shortcuts um, he's super honest and super transparent about everything. He just wants to make the best song possible. Um, he, he can see things in you that you don't see it in yourself and, you know, bring things out of you while you're recording that you didn't know you had, um, you know, and, and that type of thing. So it's an environment that's super laid back and chill, but it's also like hyper productive. Like you, I feel like I play. 50 shows every time I go to record a song. You know what I mean? It's just you get so familiar with the parts of that song and the intricacies and the details and the, the dynamics and the little things that you can do in songwriting. The productions just really make the song stand out a little more. Um, I just, I learned so much and he's just such a, such a cool guy. So fun to work with. It was just, a, just an amazing experience. And then, you know, Jimmy came down and helped with a couple songs. Um, and he's an absolute monster on every instrument that you know and, he, and he's just having a guy like that helping you with your stuff is just you know it seemed a little surreal to me you know be, to be working with those guys to be honest because i'm big fans of what they've done and i'm big fans of what they're doing now too so 
Yeah, I mean, they both had a ton of experience in the with music, so it's kind of probably a big thing to, you know, in the early stage of your solo career to be able to have that in your back pocket, basically. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, and it's a, it's a, it's a little bit, uh, it's intimidating. I'll be honest. You know, I've, 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 I record some demo on my cell phone, some shitty idea that I have or some idea. And I, I, I think about the idea and screen it pretty hard before I'll even send it over because I know if I send some bullshit over, he's going to go, yeah, we're not recording that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it really, it makes you work on your songwriting and, and just, you know, before you pitch something, kind of knowing what you need to have in mind, how you're going to prepare everything and how, how you're going to prepare yourself for a session and all that type of stuff. It's just a, it's a really cool process. And for, you know, a, a hack like me to have a chance to record with guys like that, it's just like, I'm just, I just count my blessings when I get a chance to do that, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you mentioned the dark lyrical content a little while ago. Like, where does that come from? Is that something that you, you're digging out from the past? Yeah, a lot of it's stuff that I dig up from the past. Um, a lot of it, you know, I think I deal with some depression. I think I deal with some anxiety. Uh, there's nobody that's out there that's, that's harder on me than me. You know, I tend to torture myself over mundane stuff sometimes. And if I know I'm doing it. Um, and I've had some things that have happened in the past that have, uh, you know, really changed my perspective on, you know, how people can be and, and what things are actually about. Um, so that's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of catharsis in this album for sure. I'm finding um, the last couple of things I've written aren't quite as dark. I mean, they're a little, they're heavy content and stuff like that, but they're, they're not quite as dark because I think genuinely now I'm a little bit happier, you know? Um, I, a lot of the stuff I've moved from trapped here is the, the super, the super gloomy parts, the rock bottom parts, you know, the parts where you're freaking living in your friend's basement and you don't know what you're going to be doing the next day. And then that, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so there's a lot of that in that record. And then, and then, uh, now it's changed a little bit. I, I write about a little different stuff, about a little different experiences. I've been writing about, you know, going on the road a little bit, and how, how it affects you and how it affects your family. Cause everyone thinks it's just like this freaking party all the time. And Trent, you know, that that's not the case, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, talk about, uh, you know, speaking of touring, talk about, um, touring with Sprout, with Sprout and, um, how you guys kind of complement each other. It's been great, man. I, he's, he's, uh, a guy that I met when he was back in King Shifter, when I was doing Empire Falling, we were both kind of at the same time doing regional gigs and stuff like that. And he and I came across each other just playing some shows together and stuff. And we always hit it off from the very beginning. You know, he seemed like a kind of a no bullshit drama free guy. So I, you know, I tend to gravitate to those kind of people. I can, I can handle you telling me like it is. I'd rather have you, you know, I'd rather have you not bullshit me. And he doesn't seem to do a lot of bullshit. And so I just, I, he and I became friends and we played some, you know, played some shows together in the metal bands and stuff like that. And, but then uh, I kind of got out on the solo path and he was doing the screaming or mutiny stuff. And I think I had got out there by myself just a little before he had, or maybe he played one or two gigs solo before I'd gone out. But he and I hadn't really been in touch all that much aside from, you know, being on Facebook and stuff like that. Um, but he, 
one day hit me up. He's like, hey, dude, what's up? I'm like, hey, how's it going? He's like, hey, I'm, I'm going solo. He's like, we should do some gigs together and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, that'd be fucking awesome, man. Get me get me down to Tulsa. I'll get, you know, he can obviously book up here himself, too, since yeah. he's from here. But we started doing some show trades and stuff like that. And we got, after, you know, a show or two, he, he and I both got to talking because he's just like me. He wants to, you know, he wants to get on the hustle. And, uh, you know, we played a couple shows together and we talked about doing a tour and, and, you know, literally a few weeks after we talked about it, we were already booking shows. And that was the, that was the booze bars guitars tour last year. Um, he just, he really compliments me. He seems to have a pretty good network of folks around where he seems to have, you know, he's got friends in a lot of places just because he's got a lot of touring experience. Uh, being able to go on the road with a guy that's got that type of experience, it, it helps a guy that doesn't have that kind of experience, which, you know, I've got some one-offs and stuff like that, but I'd never been out on extended runs before that run last year. Um, so just having him there to kind of tell me, you know, what to expect and all that kind of, kind of stuff. But, man, he's, he's been a huge compliment. He's got, he's got people everywhere. He promotes his ass off. He's got great content. He puts a badass show on. Uh, it seemed like every room we went into, uh, you know, every room we go in together, we end up walking away and everybody's freaking smiling and happy. And that's really, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. We've kind of gone in and taken a little different angle on the singer-songwriter stuff. You know, we're not, we're not your typical coffee shop singer-songwriter guys. We're both metal guys that kind of write heavy shit but play acoustic guitars and you know, we're just a little different for the singer-songwriter thing. We're not country, you know, we're not, we're just, we're a little different. So it's been kind of weird booking, <laughs> you know, we get booked with metal acts, you know, sometimes I get booked with, you know, country type stuff. And then I do a coffee shop gig and all this stuff. And it's just weird. I don't, I don't really know where I fit in as like a dark, as like a dark rock guy in the acoustic genre, you know, it's just weird. He, he's, he's one of the few in the area um, that does it. He's not in the area anymore, but he's one of the few around that does it. And he and I have got stuff booked, you know, pretty far out front. So I don't, I don't see that he and I are going to stop doing stuff together because we've just, we've had a lot of success working together and we don't have, we don't have bands around us, you know, bands have four or five guys that kind of share the workload. When you team up with other solo acts, and they kind of help you share the promotional workload, or they might help you book a couple dates on a run, or you know they might help you share your stuff, or they might help you with a contact somewhere here and there. Having a couple, you know, having a couple solo acts that do the same type of stuff but that are humble enough to work as a team has been really helpful. I think for for all of us really to grow our network. So that's that's been an awesome compliment, and it's you know. It's just icing on the cake. It's like you get to hang out with one of your buddies too, and we never, never have one ounce of drama. You know, it's just it's fun and laid back, and we both know what we're out there to do, and that's what we do. So it's pretty awesome. And you've got the the booze bars and guitars too coming up. Is this something that, like, ideally you think you guys would want to make an annual thing now? If we can, I, I mean, I don't. If we can, I don't see any reason why we wouldn't. Um, Last year was pretty, I mean, Trent, you were there. I thought it was pretty awesome. I thought it was pretty fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I know it was a great experience for me uh, just to get, get, the, get the touring experience, even though we weren't out for a great deal of time or anything like that. That's just an experience that I've always wanted as a musician. 
and now I just kind of took the reins myself and now, now we're doing it. And we're, you know, this year it looks like our bookings are, are heavier. We're going to have more dates for a longer period of time, but it looks like our routing is better too. And we've got a little better shows and it, it just seems like we learned a lot from the last one. So, you know, going from the first one to the second one, imagine, imagine what we can take to the third one when both of us have had records out for a year. You know, you never know what could happen. So yeah, it's it's definitely something if the momentum continues, there's there's no reason to stop doing it. I don't I don't see myself calling it in anytime soon. Well as far as music goes, are you looking ahead, are you thinking about putting out more singles kinda of like you did before this album came out? <clears throat> you know, I'm I'm thinking about it. I've got um you know, it's funny, I, I sent I sent Dawson a demo. Um, I bought a cigar box guitar from a guy and I've just been sticking around on that thing and I wrote a tune on it and then sent it over to Dawson and he's like, man, you haven't even released your album yet. Why are you sending me demos? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just coming up with, I'm just coming up with ideas. So I, I've got, yeah, I mean, I, I would say I've got two or three more new songs ready on top of what I've got recorded. Um, so I, either another EP depending on how long it takes and how busy the show schedule gets or if I do record an EP I would probably have to take some time off and shows to record it so it's kind of a I've kind of got a pick so if the bookings get slow I might you know I might focus a little more on recording but if I keep getting opportunities to play I'm gonna kind of strike while the iron's hot because I got a bunch of CDs to get rid of you know and and my biggest goal with this the trap here EP is I just want people to listen to it. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to get rich or anything like that. I just, I just want people to listen to it because I'm, I'm proud of it. And I, and I want other people to take a listen and go, Hey, this is pretty good. Or, Hey man, maybe you should think about doing something else. Cause you suck, <laughs> 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 you know, or, or whatever it is. But I, you know, it's something that I worked really hard on and I've got a, you know, I've got a piece of my freaking heart in that record. And every time I hand that CD to somebody, it's like I'm handing away one of my babies, you know, I just, I, I really want people to just listen to it. That's my biggest thing. So the more, it seems like I have so much more luck, uh, with, with, you know, person to person interaction. I can't get the numbers up there. Whereas if I, every post I shared, I got a hundred new people to subscribe to my stuff or whatever. But I sure seem to get a lot more people that are vested interest, you know, that have vested interest in my music in person. So that's, you know, that's the really part, the important part for me is I got to play these shows, man. I got to hand these CDs out to people. No one's going to listen to it if I don't give it to them to listen to. Um, because, you know, they're not half the time they're not even seeing what I post on the Internet. You know, they're, they're not even they're not even able to see it. I mean, most of the stuff I put out now is barely seen by anybody unless I pay, and I'm sick of paying. So I guess I'll go play some shows, and I'll give them one by one. I don't give a shit, whatever it takes. Well, you know, if you give Facebook uh, five bucks, they'll boost it to at least 100 more people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they'll offer yeah. you a free five yeah, bucks. Yeah, and, and then you do give them five bucks, and they don't approve your app. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like you're, like you're panhandling me. I keep get I get 15 notifications from you a day to run an ad. And you finally broke my spirit, and I said, "All right, fine, I'll fucking run an ad." And then I submit the ad, and it gets declined for too much text on an image or 
whatever other bullshit reasons they have for not letting you advertise these days, but that, that Facebook platform has just become a, it's become a pile. It's sad that that's what everyone focuses on so much, but man, I, the only reason I'm on Facebook anymore is because of the necessary evil. Yeah. Well, yeah, speaking of, I mean, you, you do a good job of, you know, kind of, I guess, kind of talking about that, about marketing yourself via social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter, because I mean, I, I, you know, we see stuff from you almost every day or two, but it's not overkill where like some people you'll see a bunch of stuff and it's annoying, you know, but like you do your stuff right. And it's professional. It's interesting. Like, is that something you just kind of learned on your own? Yeah, it's been a lot of, it's been a lot of trial and error. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a marketing guy. I have a background in marketing. I'm interested in statistics, which is super nerdy, but I am. <laughs> and, and I, you know, the, my favorite part of the website and my favorite part of my pages are the analytics. Um, so I'm always looking and, you know, seeing who's coming and who's looking at what and what kind of content engages people and what kind of content doesn't. Um, and then I just kind of modify my game plan as I go as far as what's working and what's not. And, you know, there's a lot of times I make a post and I'm like, man, this, this is going to be a good post. Like, I put a lot of effort and thought into that. That's clever. That's going to work good. And fucking, you know, this post was seen by 19 people, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then I, and then I make some stupid Photoshop thing and it's, and it has a 4,000 person reach because it gets shared 50 times, you know, I, I just never know, you never know what's going to strike, you know, um, but I have, I've really been focusing on that stuff, trying to really dial it in, trying to make it easy for people to access my music if they want to or find out more about me if they want to. You know, I try not to ram everything down people's throat. Um, but uh, you do have to saturate it because, you know, less than 5% of your following actually sees what you post on Facebook, you know? That's why I'm always harping on the website thing, you know, signing up for the newsletter and stuff. You're going to get the direct message from the artist the way they want you to see the message by signing up for the newsletter. I know it's a pain in the ass to give your email out, but that's the message the artist really wants to put out there. Uh, you know, they have to be on Facebook, but you're not seeing most of their shit there. So yeah, that's, and that's definitely something I focus on because it's super important. These people that are booking shows and all that type of stuff, they're looking at your numbers. And if, if you're an independent guy like me that doesn't have a huge following and you're just trying to grind it out, you know, they got to see that you're trying to grind and build your numbers. And, and that's what I'm trying to do too. You know, I, I, I want to play and get out there to as many people as I can. So if that's part of the game, you can either fight it or embrace it. And I, I've kind of chosen to embrace it. So, Kind of a final question, just kind of outside of your music. We, you know, last year when we were driving, we were listening to a ton of new metal stuff. Like, what are you listening to these days that you'd want to shout out to people? Man, uh, the, the biggest thing I've been listening to, believe it or not, is the, the new Whitey Morgan record, Hard Times and White Lines. Yeah. Man, I, I can I can not get enough of that record. I just love the record. I love the songwriting. I love the original tunes on it. I love the cover tunes he did on it. I've just become a huge fan of Whitey Morgan. I went and saw him here in Wichita, and he just had a freaking amazing show. I just, I've really become a huge fan of his. Um, I've been listening to my buddy Sloan Moon VP a lot. He's a guy from Wichita here. That's a, he's a super talented guy with a unique sound. I've been listening to a lot of that. I've been listening to the new Saul. Um, I'm sure you guys are aware about Saul. 
Yeah, that, that, that new song they've <laughs> they've got that new EP out that's an absolute banger. Dawson actually produced that one, but it's it's killing and it's gonna be it's gonna be massive. It's looking like so that's uh that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, those are, those are the things I've been listening to. I'm one of those guys, man. When I get stuck on something, I'll listen to the same record a thousand times over and over until I know every single word of that album. You know, I, I it's so weird. I don't listen to a ton of variety of stuff. Um, I just, you know, I find one thing or a couple things that I like, and then I just stick on them until I get completely sick of them, and then I come back to them. You know, that kind of thing. Those are the those are the big ones for me. Yeah, it's kind of funny because that one of the things that stuck out from that tour last year was when we first left, you started playing, I don't remember which album, it was one of Unearth's albums, and you had it on a repeat and it played yeah. three times in a row. And after like the second, the third hour, Sprout was like, look, dude, I love Unearth, but you got to change this fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, I can, I yeah, Unearth is one of the ones like I I can listen to that shit nonstop just because it's chaos. And I, and I, I like that. I mean, I like the stuff that really keeps it moving too. I like really brutal shit. Um, I'm, I'm a huge Lamb of God fan. You know, they're one of my favorites of all time. Um, but yeah, man, I, I really like, I really like the brutal stuff and I can, I can wear shit out. Like my wife's like, can we listen to something besides fucking Whitey Morgan today? <laughs> like, no, like, well, like, well, I'm barbecuing and drinking beer, so, so no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, when we're going to the, if we're going to the arena to watch Rihanna tonight, we can listen to something else on the way. <laughs> but while we're sitting on the deck drinking beer and grilling, it's Whitey Morgan. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, she she's like, dude, do you ever get sick of this? And I and I don't even notice it. I just I I find something that I like and I get stuck on it. <laughs> right on, man. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to do this, and glad we finally got you on here. Anytime, man. I really appreciate you guys having me on. I'm uh I'm anxiously awaiting our our uh, tour this summer, man. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a good one for sure. Well, yeah, just mention real quick. Oh like, yeah, some of the places you're hitting, like. Colorado, Denver, like Colorado Springs and Denver. And yeah, we've got. Uh, let's see. We've, let's see. Let's see how good my memory is. <laughs> we've got on six on six six. We've got Avogadro's number in Fort Collins on six seven. We got Zuni Street Brewing in Denver on six eight. We got Legends Rock Bar in Colorado Springs. Then we have six nine and six ten off. Six eleven is a private event in Midland, Texas. Is Norman, Oklahoma at the Deli. Six thirteen is Tulsa, Oklahoma at Blackbird. Six fourteen is nineteen twenty seven events in Enid, Oklahoma. Fifteen is the Elder Room, Wichita, Kansas. That's all of them. That's all eight. You you got it. We were looking at the list as you went. <laughs> you, you, I, I got, I got I've you, got I've got it in my head, man. You I've been were fucking at, correct on every one at, of them. <laughs> I said I said I said. Million emails so I know shows up, so I'm pretty familiar with the name. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we're looking forward to it, man. And thanks again. Yeah, thank you. Hell yeah, man. I, I appreciate the opportunity, guys. You guys have a good day. There you go. Dusty Grant. A huge thank you to him for talking to us there for a bit and finally making this podcast happen. 
His uh, new EP, Trapped Here, has now been out for about a month. So get on Facebook and give him a follow. You can find out everything through that or through his website, DustyGrant.com, where you can find the album. But it's on all the digital platforms. He's got physical copies as well. So hit him up and make that happen. Chris Dawson is one of the producers of this thing, who you would know from Seasons After. And speaking of, that's one of our our famed two lost episodes. That That is, yeah, the it, uh, the lost episodes Yeah, that will never be found. Yeah, the vocalist for Seasons After and Doyle were both recorded around the same time, and then both got lost when my computer got updated, and I spent like hours trying to recover the ship, but to no avail. Yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, he also produced, I believe, the band Saul, their new album, and these guys were like number one currently on Billboard's hard rock chart, or mainstream rock chart. They get played on Sirius Octane all the time, so big shout out to Chris Dawson and Dusty Grant here. Definitely. Yeah. So if this is your first time listening, dig back through all the past episodes. You can find everything on soundcloud.com backslash thunderdash underground. We've had on Sprout several times. Yes. Like we mentioned him earlier. We've had on guys from everything from Megadeth to Seven Dust, Kiss, uh, who else? Prong, LA Guns, Slaughter recently. We recently had a couple of the guys from Junkyard. Or not a couple, right. all of them, actually. Three all of, them. of them. Sorry. Kicks. Yeah. Um, clutch. Did you already say Clutch? No. We had Tim from Clutch on. We've had guys from Candlebox. We've had Shooter Jennings. Kirk Winstein's been on here a couple of times. COC. Yeah. A huge long list that, as you can tell, spans doom metal, glam metal, country, punk, everything. So we like to mix it up here. So check back through all our stuff, thethunderunderground.com. Follow us on all the socials. You can listen to us every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central, 1027wsnr.com. And you can also hit us up on Patreon, send us some money, and I guess that covers it for this episode. Unless you got anything witty to say here at the end, I don't know. I think that's it. All right. That wasn't too witty, but <laughs> I said something. That's right. <laughs> All right. Thanks again to Dusty Grant, DEB Concerts, and Med Farm. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all. <laughs>